When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, week two is in the books for the 49ers. We lose a heartbreaker to a division rival that one I absolutely hate and despise. I'm sure we all do in the Seattle Seahawks on the road. And this was such a winnable game. It's very, very sad. As we go through this and we talk about the defense in particular, this game was so winnable. But we end up losing 12-9 to at the very end of the game. It was you know back and forth the whole time. A great defensive fight between two very strong defensive teams. And it's great to be able to say that. It's been a while since we've been able to say that we have a strong defense. But you limit uh, Russell Wilson to 12 points at home. Man, you, you've got to be happy with the defensive effort. And we'll get into the offense. It was absolutely terrifying. Just sad. Like... The movie It, I heard, is wonderful and scary and all those things. Brian Hoyer is going to be the clown in the next remake of the It. That's how scary it was. But let's talk about the good things. Let's go over our defensive notes and kind of the big winners and losers from the defense. But right off the bat, the entire defense as a whole has to be an absolute winner. We only gave up 312 yards total on the the entire day and 12 points. That is exceptional, and that is a winning effort almost all the time. We should have got the win here, but that's okay. So the defensive MVP for me this week, same as last week, it's DeForest Buckner. This guy is an absolute game changer every single series. One, he's already logged the third most snaps of any defensive lineman in the entire NFL. The guy's an Iron Man. He had nine quarterback pressures. Nine. From an interior position. That's just, it's unheard of. Now, what's crazy with DeForest Buckner, and, and this is a problem, is our ends are not keeping contain. Because the majority of the pass plays that Seattle runs is off of the zone read motion. So they'll play action, but it's off of zone read. And they'll leave the defensive end to the running back alignment side. So if the running back lines up on the right, He'll sweep across the quarterback's face to the left. And so from the offensive side, the right defensive end, if you're looking at it from our defense, the left defensive end, is left unblocked, and he's washing down, which is, this is the concept that we run on defense. His his job, that defensive end's job, is to stay with the ball carrier, not the quarterback. But what's happening is Buckner's getting pressure up the middle, 
but there's nobody outside. So Russell Wilson can just roll out, which he did over and over and over again. So DeVorest Buckner, he's not getting lots of stats. He only ended up with four tackles, two solo, two assisted. But he is just, he's around the ball at all times, and he changes the entire game. He is absolutely incredible and the most important person for our entire team. I'd say defense for sure, probably our entire team right now. Um, he's exceptional. Uh, I do want to give some props to Jaquiski Tart. Um, I threw him under the bus pretty bad last week. I was a little emotional. He, he kind of hurt my feelings a little bit, but that's okay. He made up for it. He played really well, uh, broke up a touchdown pass, made a lot of big hits, no blown coverages. Great game from Tart. Also, Aaron Lynch rising from the dead. He came out and balled out. A lot of good hits on the quarterback. And there were a few times where he depleted their right tackle, which isn't saying much. They have the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. I wish we would have got more sacks, but you take what you get and you move on. Also, our secondary. Holy cow. I did not expect them to play locked down like this. Kerwin Williams, always around the ball, had a few pass defenses. Dante Johnson was a lockdown corner almost the entire game. The, the one fault that you got to give him is he had a huge pass interference call on the one touchdown drive of the entire game. And besides that, I mean, he was he was like a shadow out there on the receiver. It was wonderful to see his potential. And even on his pass interference call, he was right on top of the defender. He just didn't turn around and play the ball. It was a good call. It was pass interference, and that led to the touchdown. But the guy, he played so, so well. Another positive note, something that scared me last week, was Navarro Bowman. He played pretty slow at the start of the game. And so I was watching him the first time I watched it live. I was watching Bowman almost on every single snap defensively in the first quarter because I was so worried that the greatness was over. But no, as the game went on, he got faster and faster and faster and faster. And by the third and fourth quarter, it was the great Bowman that we all know and love, my favorite player in the entire NFL. So it was wonderful to see that. He still did have a slow start. There were a few times where he was just a little bit late getting to the tackle, and you could see how frustrated he was because he'd start slapping the ground, and you could just see his body language. But that demeanor kind of left as the game went on. And Eric Reed played very, very well early. Um, he, you could see he was injured. And he played through it. And he got injured again, stepped out, came back in, played through it. But in the third quarter, he went down, and you could just tell something's not right. The MRIs just came back. He has a PCL injury. Now, good news, bad news. Good news is it's not surgery, so he doesn't need surgery. Bad news is he will miss several games. Um, minimum, probably two to three games. Long-term, maybe six games. But I'm probably going to guess he'll be back in three to four weeks. So here, here's what we're going to do with that. We're going to move Wards back, and he played great. He played about 50% of the snaps on defense, and no blown coverages. He made a couple great plays uh, where he came up and stuffed the run, which is great. He was flying around great, looked fast. So we'll have to see, but he's going to play every single snap next week because what's going to happen is Ward will now be the full-time free, and we're going to move Tart to Strong, which Tart is listed questionable already. I'm not quite sure what that is, but something to keep an eye on. We could move Asa Jackson back there, maybe. We have Colbert, who's probably going to be. He's our special, te special team stud. Put him there. So it's going to be really curious what we're going to do for that strong position if Tart goes out. But we need Tart to show up this week. And that's kind of the position he needs to play. I mean, he's played a little bit of nickel, but he's going to be throwing his body around. But we need Eric back. Now, the big losers of the week, 
On defense, it was kind of hard to pick anybody, so these are being very, very picky. First one is Ray Ray Armstrong, who is filling in for Ruben Foster, and so you got to understand he's a backup playing the starting position. He would have been third string. Malcolm Smith would have been the number two, and then Ray Ray. But the big problem with Ray Ray, he played okay. We have a gap exchange system with our defensive end and our outside linebacker whenever he's lined up. And so this is a 4-3 outside linebacker, not a 3-4. But what happens is, in that zone read scheme, the exact same concept I was talking about earlier, when the left defensive end is left unblocked and the tackle down blocks, they run that zone read option and the quarterback stares at the defensive end. And a lot of times this was Solomon Thomas. So Solomon Thomas screams down to chase the ball carrier. Now that's what he is designed to do in our defense. Now they can change this up at any time, but the majority of the time, it didn't matter if it was Solomon Thomas. I saw Elvis Dumerville do it a few times. I even saw Eric Armstead on the outside do this as well. So this was a scheme plan. We're going to wash our defensive end down, and the backer on top of them is supposed to rotate outside, and they are now responsible for the quarterback in the zone read system. The problem was Ray Ray was late all game at this. He would step, step, step with the run and then be late over the top. Uh, this was the fourth and one when Russell Wilson kept it. I think it was on the third series. And we saw this over and over and over again. Now, there were a few times where they tried this out of a different formation where you would have trips on one side. So instead of running zone read to the spot where we had the left defensive end and a backer over it, it was a left defensive end and our safety rolled up or the nickel. Our nickels and safeties played it 100 times better. Jimmy Ward was definitely the best one that scraped over the top. I saw Tart do it a few times. Even Kerwin Williams, who had a great game. But Ray Ray Armstrong, he's probably going to get another two games in before we get Foster back. He's got to step this up because I can guarantee you while next week we have the Rams and Goff is not a zone read specialist, but you can run a naked boot off of that zone action read because you don't have to worry about any kind of pass rush from that as long as that safety slash linebacker is not scraping tight. So this is something I'm a little bit worried about and we're going to have to fix. Solomon Thomas, as I said, um, not necessarily he's a loser, but he made a lot of inexperienced mistakes. Here's the good thing about Solomon Thomas. He's going to give you 100% effort and insane, I mean, just balls to the wall effort every single play he's in there. Here's the bad thing. He overruns pursuit angles consistently. And as a backside defensive end, that's problematic. There were three first downs that he gave up by himself because he screamed so hard inside that he tried to stop and contain to the outside, and he blew it. And again, if, if it's a counter move or you're flowing one way, stop and come back as a running back or quarterback or whatever, that's three first downs he gave up. He made one great play where he didn't overrun it and had a great tackle for loss against the running play. It looked just like what he did at Stanford. The guy's amazing. Um, he's he's going to pan out. He's just, he's young. He's a young pup rushing into a fight, <laughs> um, to, to quote the movie there. But anyway, our run defense is solid. In fact, it's beyond solid. We have not allowed, this is amazing, Niners fan, listen, and it's going to get sad when we get to offense, but right now just accept this. And just welcome it. Zero rushing touchdowns allowed through two games. Whereas last year, we gave up the NFL most 25 rushing touchdowns throughout the season. This is huge improvement. We have a great run defense, and it gets even better at the goal line. The few times that Seattle was able to get into the red zone, oh my goodness, we locked down 
<laughs> and played great. Even on the one touchdown play, which was against Richard Robinson, he was all over the guy. It was just a great throw and a great catch. We even had pressure on that play. It was just a great offensive play. And those things are going to happen. But we have so much stuff to look forward to with this defense. We're still playing down starters. And whenever you can say our biggest weakness is our third-string linebacker, well, we have freaking Reuben Foster who's coming back. Now, it's going to take a little while. That high ankle sprain, just to put in perspective, it's basically the exact same injury that Odell Beckham had. Well, Odell Beckham had four weeks of rest, came back and played part-time tonight. So uh, you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday. So, so that's kind of what we need to expect with Reuben Foster. He's going to be out probably this Thursday and then the next week's game. And then we'll have him back for week five. That's my guess. So hopefully once we get him back, that's going to change things. And we should be getting Eric Reed back about that same time. Now let's switch over to the offensive side. Carlos Hyde, the big winner, MVP of the offense, hands down. Listen to these stats. 15 carries. 124 yards, three catches on five targets for another 19 yards. The guy is absolutely phenomenal. And if you watch the game, he looks fast. He looks strong, agile, great vision. The guy just, he is balling out right now. And the craziest thing about this is, and we'll get into this, why the hell did he only get 15 carries? That does not make any sense. Anyway. Uh, the offensive line started out great. We have three key pieces, and this is huge. Probably the biggest positive to take away from this entire game. Lakin Tomlinson, the guard from Duke that we traded for, he has looked amazing. Sheldon Richardson was over him about 90% of the snaps, and he totally owned Sheldon Richardson. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Um, our five longest runs of the entire game, and this is with Hyde and Matt Breda, we're all off of his blocks to the left side in the A or B gap. All five of our longest runs. I mean, the guy totally played wonderful. So I'm so happy that we have at least one guard that can play. Now, also on the offensive line, Trent Brown, phenomenal. Oh my gosh, he was awesome. He could have been the MVP of the offense, but Carlos Hyde totally shined. And of course, the ever-present, always amazing Joe Staley. Greatest tackle and 49ers history, probably greatest alignment. Those three guys, we have three studs, and we got two huge zeros. And this is the problem that we have. Our center, <laughs> Kilgore, and our right guard, Fusco, are terrible. They are absolutely terrible. And we have got to step up. We have to invest so much more in that interior offensive line. So... There's some good there. There's some bad there. We knew it was going to be bad. Once we get Josh uh, Garnett back, maybe that'll help, but we still need major center help. Now let's get to the losers. If And number one, worst player on the entire team, and this, this might help you know who he is, 7.8 quarterback rating, Brian Hoyer. We lost the game 100% because of him. 15 for 27, 99 yards, one interception, zero touchdowns. A 7.8 QBR. This is back-to-back games where Brian Hoyer has looked terrible. And he's not a franchise quarterback. We, we knew that going into this, and that's okay. It, because here's what Brian Hoyer needs to be. Mistake-free, game manager. That's it. He was neither one of those things. So many mistakes. And again, the sacks are his fault. While 
our quarterback pressures that we're limiting them. Our offensive line is great at pass protection. We're doing pretty, pretty well. Whenever he gets sacked, it's because he ducks his head and he's not confident with the ball. And as the game went on, you saw him hesitate more, less confident, hesitate more, even less confident. And you can't do that with a small arm, small QB like Brian Hoyer. His bread and butter is being smarter than everybody else and anticipation throwing and precision throwing, basically timing routes. And once you hesitate or you get scared or play scared, that's out the window. And that's what we saw. So he absolutely was terrible. I, I'm really, really worried about him. I don't really want to throw C.J. Bethard, our rookie quarterback, in yet. I, I don't think we're ready for that. Now, are we going to make the playoffs this year? Probably not. We're 0-2. Um, we're in sole last place of NFC, the NFC West, which is just so sad to say. But we're only one game out. Uh, the rest of Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams, they're all 1-1. One one. So, you know, things can change. It's not like we're out of it yet, but it's probably not a realistic goal. But we do not want to rush this quarterback into the thing. Uh, if he's playing by week six, I'm okay with that, but definitely not time for that yet. We've got to see if Brian Hoyer can get this going. Another loser, uh, Marquise Goodwin who played great for the most part, but he had a few drops at very crucial times. He had a pass on, I think it was second and six, and he would have caught it and it would have been first and goal. And who knows, could have changed the outcome of the game. And I mean, it was probably the best pass that Hoyer had all day, and he totally dropped it. He dropped two balls that were just so easy to catch. Fusco and Kilgore, which I already talked about, they, they were terrible. And this is my biggest critique of the entire game. It has nothing to do with the players themselves. It's with the play calling. Now, I love Shanahan. He was my number one choice for this job, and I'm so glad that he is our head coach and coordinator. But here's my issues. We had a 60% pass to 40% run ratio. What the hell? Why are we throwing the ball that much in such a close game on the road whenever it's not working? Here's another thing that baffles me. We are 31st in the entire NFL. That's second to last in rush attempts. We only have 34 rush attempts through two games. Here's something else. We are second. You hear that? We are second in the entire NFL in rush yards per average. We are averaging 6.2 yards per rush. That's stupid good. Why the hell are we not running the ball more when Carlos Hyde is looking like he's looking? He's averaging over 8 yards per carry. He averaged over 8 yards per carry. In the season, 7 yards per carry. The guy is killing it. And if we run the ball more, we win that game. We should be at a 50-50 worst-case scenario. And I know he likes to move the ball around and all that stuff, and that's great. But when Brian Hoyer has a 7... Here's what's crazy. Carlos Hyde averages more yards per carry than our quarterback's quarterback rating. I bet that's never happened in the history of the NFL before. So we've got to run the ball more. And there was one time, or I think it was the second drive, it was third and one in the middle of the field, and we ran a delayed handoff on third and one. What the hell is that? I, I don't understand. I love Kyle Shanahan, but there were just a couple head-scratch moves that I'm just like, why are we not running the ball more? Carlos Hyde has to have the ball more than 15 times for this team to win. It's just the reality. Also, more sadness... We are one of only two teams in the entire NFL to not score a touchdown. The other team, yeah, the fight Andy Dalton's, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's pathetic. That's sad. 
Uh, we have an offensive guru. We need to see something. Um, we had seven three and outs or worse. <laughs> so we had, it's sad to say or worse after a three and out, but the interception play, so on and so forth. So we've got a lot of work. There's some good on both sides. Uh, special teams, man, we've got two wonderful rookies. Wonderful rookies. Trent Taylor's averaging over 12 yards per return and punt returns. That's ridiculously good. Usually whenever you see that, uh, it's usually blown out of proportion by like one punt return for like 60 yards. Nope, he's getting 12 yards per. Like his long is like 20 yards. And so he is just consistent and great. Bolden, he's going to be around this team for a long time. Victor Bolden Jr. as our kick returner. That guy just looks like he is a notch above everybody speed-wise. Uh, he's going to break one before too long. So that guy's going to be around for a while. Moving forward, uh, we got the Thursday night game versus the Rams at home. This is our last home game for three weeks. So we got three road games after this. We need to get a win. And it's against the Rams. This is a total winnable game. We will be out with two defensive starters and Reuben Foster and Eric Reed, which I talked about, which is huge. But here's the deal. And this is the key to the game. So as you watch this game Thursday night, understand this. The Rams have the third best pass defense in the entire NFL. The Rams also have the 30th ranked run defense. So here's what I'm telling you. If Carlos Hyde gets 20 touches, the 49ers win this game. We need a run-heavy approach, and we need to slow down this game. Our defense will keep us in this game. We've, our defense is going to keep us in the game. And if we stay on script and Carlos Hyde gets all these carries that he needs to get, he needs to get over 20, we win this game. So that is the key factor. So as you watch that game, just keep in mind, Carlos Hyde gets over 20 touches, it's a W. If he doesn't, I don't think it's going to end well for the 49ers fans. But I believe uh, Shanahan's amazing. Listen to my podcast. I know he does. I mean, obviously he does, right? Um, anyway, uh, have a great week. If you haven't already, uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And thanks for the follow, guys. Stay strong, faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.